All right, come on, 10 o'clock. You excited to be in God's house this morning? Feel good to be in church? Look at all of you. Hey, I need a handful of you to um, just prayerfully consider one extra cup of coffee in the 8.30 service as your your service of choice. We're filling up in this 10 a.m. It's going to keep filling up. Statistically proven that more guests, first-time visitors to a church will come close to the 10 o'clock hour. Also statistically proven that parents who like sleep will come to the 10 o'clock service. Um, but uh, it, would, it would help us out. It would help us free up seats, especially as we move towards Easter. I'll talk to you about those service times in, in just a minute. But man, so glad that you are here. If it's your first time, my name is Michael. I'm the lead pastor. Also want to give a shout out to those of you who are watching online, doing church with us on the other side of those cameras this morning. Come on. Y'all help me welcome first time guests and those who are watching online this morning. Glad you're here. And I um, want to give a shout out to Pastor Perry, who's officially an employee of the church. He's on staff now. And, um, did a great job kicking off the series for us last week, this God of Miracles series. We love to take a few weeks before Easter every year and really just turn our hearts and our minds towards Jesus, to his words and his actions while he was here on planet Earth. Of course, our, our hearts always want to be turned towards Jesus, but the, we, we lean into the scriptures and, and the stories of, of his work leading up to the cross, and so we're going to do that again this morning. Um, before I do, though, just want to reiterate a couple things that you heard already in church news. Next Saturday, y'all, we finally, after a two-year break because of COVID, get to have uh, my wife and I. This is probably our favorite thing that we do from an outreach perspective as a church. It's, it's close between this and Christmas shop, um, and, and then and serve day. We like serve day. It's just you get dirty and sweaty, all right? But, but, but the, 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 this is probably our, I mean, it's pretty close. Uh, favorite thing that we do as a, as a church family. It's so excited that we get to bring this back. And um, I've seen uh, there are well over 100 uh, people registered to participate in the event. Our, I think our registration was lagging a tad bit behind 2018, which doesn't really surprise me with COVID and people being extra careful. But if you know of a family that would benefit from what we're doing that day, please send the invitation, send them the, the, the website, tell them about what we're doing, share, the, share on social media if you, if you do the social media thing. Um, and, and please, 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 if you haven't already, head over to truelife.church forward slash serve team. This is one of a few events every year that we try to get the whole church involved in serving and just being the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. And uh, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And so we, we want to model that to the people around us and the people that we go to work with and school with and shop next to in the grocery store. And it's easier than, than ever to kind of be isolated and live your life behind a screen. And I think events like this kind of force us into our community and, and to build relationships and friendships with people. And uh, so we really love, and one of the questions that we get, I think Pastor Perry covered this last week, one of the questions we get is like, do I have to be a member here? Do I have to have gone to Life Track? to help with one of these big events? And the answer is no, you don't. Um, Now to to be on our dream team that serves every week or uh, our regular outreach teams that go out during the week, yeah, you probably should have gone to Lifetrack, you should be a member, this should be your your church home. But but for these big events, man, we really just wanna get everybody the opportunity to go do it. Because what's gonna happen is some of you are gonna fall in love with it and you're gonna say, can I do more of that? And then we have serve groups that you can be a part of where we say, yes, obviously there's a gift and a calling on your life for that. And we have people serving year round as a church. You should know that. There are people who are uh, representing all of you who are serving year round with different uh, and unique ways and different events and 
and, um, and, and with different partners and organizations in our community. So truelife.church forward slash serve team, would love to have you be a part of that. And I, I wanna just take a second right here and try to cast some vision for what comes after. Um, of course, the following Sunday is Easter, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second, but when we built our kids' wing, which is on the other side of this wall, some of you are new, you don't know that we didn't used to have that, but our church used to kind of be an L shape, and then we took an additional uh, 5,000 square feet here in one of our old classrooms, which is now the playground. So we've got about a 6,000 square foot kids' facility with that playground and all of that back there. Uh, we had it open for several months, and then our friend COVID showed up, and, um, and, and so that obviously that impacted some of what we were doing operationally, but one of our favorite things that was happening is there is an environment on the other side of that wall specifically called a sensory environment. It exists for children who are on the spectrum or who have special needs or higher needs. And we had a special group of dream teamers who would serve in that environment every single Sunday, uh, serve these families so mom and dad could come to church uh, on this side of the wall. And, um, and several of those people who were excellent at it really moved like to whole new cities. When, with COVID, and so that environment, uh, we haven't been in a hurry to open it up because a lot of the same families that would participate in that are the last ones to re-engage in large crowds uh, for obvious reasons. There's higher levels of risk associated for some of them with COVID and the things that were going on. Uh, but we don't wanna get to the end of the egg hunt and, and have families say, can I come to church here? We don't wanna get to the end of the egg hunt and say, well, we don't, we don't have a way to serve you. And so we have some people who are ready to serve, um, but the, there's not enough depth on the bench. Does that make sense? And so like if you, like if the Holy Spirit just kind of is doing anything in your heart this morning, you say, well, I could, I, I, I could do that. I could spend some time there and invest in those families. We'd love to have a conversation with you about it. Just tell you what, what our Kids Life team does. Uh, great place to start would be Life Track Step 1 tonight at five o'clock, Amanda and I will be there to answer your questions, and our whole staff will be there just to talk about what it means to be a member here in our church, and um, so we'd love to have you come be a part of that, but every single one of you who are in the building, and those of you watching online are going to get a link, have a connection card. If you have some interest and you'd like to know more about what it means to serve in that sensory environment so that we can serve these beautiful families, would you just let us know on the card, and a member of our team will, will reach out to you this week and talk through it with you. And um, we, just, we just don't wanna miss an opportunity to, to lead people to Jesus, amen? Come on, amen? All right, so I know, you never get as good of an amen when you're asking people to do stuff. But um, I don't know if y'all noticed, that's kinda how it works around here. Like we all, we, we, become, we are the body of Christ and the body can't sleep all day. Can I hear an amen? All right, so um, we'd love to have you uh, be a part of that with us. But Egg Hunt, so excited to have that. And then we have First Wednesday this week at 7 o'clock, and uh, we'll have worship, a quick teaching, and then we're going to spend some time getting fired up for the weekend. Um, we were, this is a little tweak. If you've been here in years past, we used to have an Egg Hunt rally the weekend before, so we're kind of combining First Wednesday in with that. And so uh, I'm going to talk this Wednesday night about how we serve people and why we should serve people. It'll be quick, and, um, and then we'll take some time and get ready for the weekend. We'll get all the chairs off the floor in here. And so um, don't, even, don't wear nice clothes Wednesday night, all right? Just come ready to, to do a little work when we wrap up. But y'all, we're only two weeks away. Can you believe this? We're only two weeks away from being able to celebrate our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus. Come on, where you at? 
True Life. Easter is coming. It's coming fast. And um, on your seats this morning, you should have had a couple of these little cards. Um, these, these are meant to just be a tool, a resource for you to invite people. And I'm, I'm just so happy that you can like hand people things again, you know? Like we, were, we, were, we weren't sure if anybody would use invite cards the last couple of years, but now people are like, you know, touching each other and stuff. So it's kind of nice, you know, the, the, the mask mandates are gone, all that kind of stuff. So, hey, grab, grab the ones off of your seat. There's more in the lobby available. And I just want you to think about people in your life who don't go to church and who may not know Jesus. And let's do everything we can to invite, 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 invite. Uh, I, I'm always amazed when I study this, the statistics still haven't changed. The majority of people in America say, I would go to church if somebody invited me. I'd go. Just nobody invites me. And, I, and I'm also amazed, I'm, I'm gonna dig at you just a just tiny bit, okay? Just get ready, I'm just gonna pastor you just a, just a little. All right, you ready? You got your thick skin on? I'm also amazed at the number of times my wife and I meet new people in our lobby and we say, how did you hear about True Life? And they say, who invited you? And they say, Google. <laughs> so I just, y'all, I love you, but Google's doing your job. So let's grab some cards. Let's think about the people in our life who need Jesus. Amen? And they'll come. If you, in fact, some of you, just like Christmas, some of you need to be in two or three services with a different guest sitting next to you in every service. That's not to pad our numbers. That's not to make us look good. That's not to pad ourselves. In fact, I'm less interested in big than I ever have been in my entire life in ministry. I'm more interested in health and community but my heart still beats for lost people who don't know who Jesus is and who don't know what it's like to be connected to a spiritual family. Y'all, the world needs it, we've got it, let's not rob them of it, amen? All right, Easter's gonna be awesome, and I'm excited to get into week two of this series. Again, Pastor Perry did such a great job last week. We've got a theme passage as we talk about this God of miracles from Psalm chapter 77, verse 13. What God is as great as... Come on, let's do it again. What God is as great as? And is there one? No, there's not. You are the God who performs what? Miracles. <laughs> I don't know if I should tell this story or not, but we had kind of a funny thing this week with my, my nine-year-old. And um, they're learning Greek, the history of Greek mythology in school. It's history. They're not teaching theology. It's just history. But his conviction level is so high that he comes home and he's like, I don't know why we're talking about all these fake gods. Like, he's mad. Um, he's, he's, we just got him in. Parents, if you're looking for a Bible, there's a thing called the Action Bible. It's written like a comic book. It's illustrated like a comic book. Like, he, we, he can't, I got pictures of him. He's sitting in the, my green room this morning. No video games, nothing. He's, he's reading the Bible. Come on. So they had an assignment to draw a picture of one of the Greek gods and then write some of the attributes. We got a call from the teacher. <laughs> Y'all don't talk to him, don't embarrass him. Just, just leave, don't, I don't want him to know that this is happening until he's like 20. She's walking around the classroom and he ain't, he's got a blank piece of paper, he's just sitting there. And she's like, what, what are you doing? What's the deal, Ben? He's like. I don't feel comfortable with this assignment. <laughs> like, that's my boy. That's my boy right there. I like that. You are the God who performs what? 
Come on, y'all. We gotta, let's, let's do it like we really mean it. You are the God who performs what? Yes. Miracles. You display your power among the peoples. I love that. I love that our God doesn't just call us to faith, but he gives us some anchors for our faith, right? Like, I don't just have to believe that he can perform miracles. I can go into his word and see that he already did. Anchors, anchors for my faith. In fact, just in the four gospels of your Bible, we see miracles all throughout the Old Testament, but then when you get into the New Testament, we see the life and the ministry of Jesus on planet Earth. Just in the four gospels of your Bible, there are a handful of miracles recorded. Jesus performed 17 healings, six deliverances. Those are like he's casting demons out of people, their heads are spinning backwards, all that cool stuff. So that, that, that's in your Bible. Um, you all think Hollywood's creative. They're just ripping us off. All right, three people raised from the dead and nine miracles over nature. Pretty crazy. 17 healings, six deliverances, three raised from the dead, nine miracles over nature. And then John says this, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So we have these recorded, and then John says that, but he did way more than that. It would take us forever to write about all the miracles that Jesus did. So I love this season. I love as we get ready for Easter. I love focusing on the words and the actions of Jesus. And today I wanna to talk about one of those uh, miracles over nature. And I think actually hidden in the story is more than one miracle. I think there are miracles within the miracle. So I want, I want to show you this story from Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Jesus had just finished teaching a group of people, and it says that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. He's talking about a body of water, all right? Let's go to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. That's a storm. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped and Jesus was in the stern. What's he doing? Sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples start feeling like some of us feel when we're dealing with the storms of life. And the disciples wake him up and they say to him, hey Jesus, are you, are you for real right now? Like, do you not see what's going on? We, we might die. We're freaking, we're in crisis, Jesus. And you're asleep. Teacher, don't you care? J Jesus, it kind of feels like you don't care. I think there's, so many of us that when we go through some storms in our life, we, I, I just know of a handful, even like right now, and in, in, in your church family, there, I can't share details from the, from the platform yet, but like there are people going through some awful storms. They need your prayers. And I think it's so easy for us in the midst of a storm to go, what are you doing, God? Jesus, where are you? Are you... Are you are you asleep? Teacher, don't you care about what I'm dealing with? 
And he gets up and he says, you of little what? Faith, why are you so afraid? And he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely, I like how we, the emphasis, it wasn't just calm, it was completely calm. He gets up, he rebukes the winds. I mean, I wonder what that, I, I wish we had like his actual words. My Jesus, this is my Jesus in my head, the little cartoon that plays in my head. Yeah, my Jesus snores. It just makes him seem more human to me. My Jesus snores. Jesus, what guys, what? Hey, we're about to die, do you even care? <sighs> okay, you guys, I don't know where your faith is. Hey, Storm, shut up. <laughs> I don't know if that's how he did it, but that's how it plays out in my head. Just, hey, enough. And watch what happens. The men were amazed and asked, who is this guy? Now they've already been with him. They've already seen him perform miracles. But it wasn't their miracle. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. What if there are certain aspects to Jesus that only can be revealed to you when you're in a storm? What if there's some stuff about our God that you're not gonna understand about him until you've been through a storm with him? Even the disciples who had spent time with him, they'd been with his, they'd heard his teaching, they'd, they'd watched him heal lepers, they'd seen blind people see again. Dead people are coming to life. John says more than we could ever record in books. They, they'd seen all of this and still, hey Jesus, do you even care? But in that moment, in the middle of their own storm, they learned something new about who Jesus is. And I, I just wanna take a minute and talk about the storms in our life, because I think there was more than one storm going on that day. Obviously, there was the physical storm, the, the wind and the waves, and maybe there was rain, maybe there was thunder and lightning. I love a good thunderstorm, don't you? Am I the only one? I do. I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> My wife and I were like disaster junkies. I don't know. It's weird. Like, except for when that tornado came through our neighborhood a couple years ago. Like, that was, I'm good. Like, we don't need any more of those. But I, but I love a good thunderstorm, unless it's like at two in the morning. I don't, I don't need that. But, but the, we've, got, we've got physical storms in our lives. You've got even some stuff, physical things that go on with your body. You know, maybe there, there's some storms that you're dealing with there. We, we've got physical storms. And because of the physical storm, everybody on that boat that day started to have an emotional storm. You ever been through an emotional storm? I've been through some emotional storms. You ever been disappointed? Ever had your heart broke? Ever known what you should do, but you didn't want to? And so you're fighting with yourself, or you're ashamed of yourself, you're arguing with yourself. We have these emotional storms. 
The disciples started to have an emotional storm. We're going to die. We are going to die on this boat. And our Savior doesn't care. So the emotional storm turned into a spiritual storm. Does he really, does he really care about us? Does he really love me? Is he really interested in what's going on in my life? There's the physical storms, the emotional storms, the spiritual storms. Some of you came to church today, and there's not a physical storm, but you got some storms going on up here. And you've got some storms going on right here. You got some storms going on in your family. You got some things that you're, and, and, and if you're honest, there's a part of you that's like, what are you going to do about this, God? I'm weary. I'm tired. I'm growing impatient. I'm wondering, you care? Some of you are dealing with grief or loss or tragedy or crisis. And it's created a storm. And you can't see your way out of it. And I want to submit to you this morning that the miracle of that story is not just when Jesus calmed the winds and the waves. In fact, I want to say it to you this way. Jesus doesn't just calm the storms on the outside. He also wants to calm the storm on the inside. He calms the storm. And and sometimes we need him to. Amen? Because sometimes our faith needs to be reassured. Sometimes we need Jesus to show up and do something in the middle of the storm that makes us stop and go, whoa, who is this guy that that quickly he can make the circumstances change? Our faith needs to be reassured. Our faith needs to be anchored. I, I love that song. My, my wife and I, last year when we were on our, our we do a family road trip in the summers. We, we just about played the daylights out of this song with our kids. It, it has these words that, don't you tell me he can't do it. Y'all heard that song? I'd sing it for you, but I can't remember all the words. But he talks about, I've, I've, seen, I've seen cancer disappear. I've seen metal rods dissolve. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Come on, he is the God of miracles. And sometimes you aren't going to know what he's capable of until you're in a storm with him. Amen? Hebrews 6.19 says, we have this hope as a what? An anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. So I'm going to go quick, but I just want to give you three anchors. Some ways that when, when, when you're going through a storm, sometimes the storm can be as simple as the miracle you were asking for isn't the miracle that you got. And so it creates a storm. When you're going through the storm, how do you stay anchored to Jesus? And here's the first one. I want to encourage you to be a person who cultivates God's presence in your life. Cultivate the presence of God in your life. Did y'all, am I the only one that felt it during that last song today? Did you feel it? Like it was messing me up. I needed some tissues. Y'all, that's, 
If you ever want to know, like, is our pastor feeling Jesus? It's when the glasses come off, and I'm like, <laughs> so if I'm worshiping with the glasses off, I'm getting wrecked, all right? Just so y'all know. But I, we need a fresh wind. Come on. The power of your presence, pour your spirit out. And I love how he responds to that prayer from our hearts, and he goes, okay, here you go cultivate God's presence. And so how do we do that? Like, can I make God's presence bigger than it already is? No, of course you can't. But you can cultivate environments. You can cultivate moments. You can be intentional with your schedule and your time. And you can make sure to put yourself in places and in moments where you can experience the presence of God in your life. I hope that it's not just Sunday morning for you. You know you can experience the presence of God at home? You can experience the presence of God in your car? You can experience the presence of God at work, in your cubicle, or wherever you are. And I hope for some of us today that we would become more aware that the presence of God is always available for me. I've just gotta be intentional about cultivating moments with him, setting the environment. Weeding and pruning things in my life that would distract me from experiencing the presence of God. The psalmist said in chapter 91, verse 1, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Watch this. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence, and he'll cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you'll find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Isn't that a great promise? Amen. This is a great promise. Cultivate the presence of God, and, and here's, here's what you'll find. Peace is not the absence of trouble. I don't have a message I can preach to you that will show you how to avoid all the trouble in your life. That's not what peace is. Peace is the presence of God. So it's not that I can avoid all the trouble, it's that when I go through the trouble, who's with me? God is with me. It's the, it's the presence of God. Peace is not the absence of trouble, it's the presence of God. Here's the second anchor, is, is learn how to be a person who remembers God's promises. God's promise. We, we can always go back to his word. We can always go back and see what he did. We can always go back and see what he's promised us. Become a person who remembers God's promises. I'm gonna cultivate his presence that's gonna bring peace. And I'm gonna remember what he said he would do. And I'm gonna remember what he's already done. Psalm 1981, my soul faints with longing for your salvation, but I have put my hope in your what? In your word. This is, this is why having a, a habit of being in the scriptures, of reading your Bible is so critical because it's how we go back and see God's promises and how they've been fulfilled over and over and over and over again. Let me say it to you this way. Don't let your circumstances speak louder than God's word. And they're gonna try. They're gonna try. Circumstances are gonna be noisy sometimes. 
Sometimes the physical storm is going to create an emotional storm, and that's going to create a spiritual storm. And you're going to need some anchors, something to help you stay firm, something to help you stay grounded. You need the presence of God, you need the promises of God. And then you've got to, like, go ahead and settle it in your heart that I'm going to trust and I'm going to be okay with God's process. He's got a process. Doesn't look like my process. If I were God, I'd fix it different. Any of y'all? Some of you like, can I say that? Is that blasphemy? No, it's, it's good. It's good that you recognize you would handle things different than God. It's also good that you recognize the scriptures say his ways are higher than our ways. And so your reason and your human logic and your human problem solving, they don't even come close to operating on the level that his does. And so when we're looking around at the storm and we're trying to make sense of it all, man, there's a piece of us that has to be able to go, you know what? I don't think I would do it this way, but you're God and I trust you. I'm gonna put my hope and my faith in you. Paul says in Romans 5, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our what? Yeah, nobody wants to say that with any kind of, come on, we also rejoice in our sufferings. I just, sometimes I read the Bible and it makes me laugh. Ever been invited to a suffering party? I mean, there's a small group idea. Hey, come to my small group. Okay, what is it? Cake and suffering. We're just gonna suffer together and celebrate it. But Paul says, when you're suffering, learn how to have the perspective that heaven has. Pick yourself up above the circumstance and the problem. Look back over the track record of your life and the history of what God has done and see how suffering has produced perseverance. And perseverance has produced character and character has produced what? Hope. It's easier to get through a storm when you have the hope that the storm's gonna end. It's not gonna last forever. But pastor, it, it, it doesn't feel like it, it's gonna end. But I want you to look back at your God. Go look back through the scriptures. Go look back even over your own life. This isn't your first storm. And the other ones ended too. And this one will end too. I know it is awful when you're in the middle of it. And it's easy to wonder if Jesus is sleeping instead of helping. But I'm just telling you, he's got you. And he's always working on a way to make sure that at the end of the storm, you've got something to rejoice over. Let me say it to you this way. Let me ask you a question first. 
because I'm, I'm a parent, parents, we do this. When our kids are going through stuff, we, we tend to say things like this. Oh, it's good for you. It'll build. No, it won't. Not according to Paul. Paul's saying you're gonna have to decide on your character before the storm. Trouble doesn't build character. It reveals it. You decide ahead of time. I'm, gonna have some, I'm, gonna, I'm going to have some, Michael Smith is gonna go through some storms. I've just decided ahead of time, I'm anchored. In my storms, I will lean into the presence of God and I will have his peace. And I will remember the promises of God. And I will trust that even though I don't like it, even though I think I would do it differently, that my God is perfect and holy and loving and incapable of turning his back on me. And so when I go through my storm, my character will be revealed. And I'll be standing. It's easy to preach. It's harder to do. But I want that for you. Why don't we all stand to our feet as we close this morning? Y'all got the bonus version. I had nine minutes left on the clock in the first service at this point. I've got a minute and 11, so y'all got bonus. Bow your heads with me if you would. I know some of you are dealing with some storms in your life, and I'm gonna get to you in a second, but first, I wanna ask if there's anybody in the room or watching online this morning who you've been walking through the storms of life without Jesus. He's not Lord of your life. You're not in relationship with him. You're not surrendered to him. And even right now, as I'm saying those words, you're, you're, there's something inside of you that's just kind of going, that's you, that's me. And you know this morning, in this moment, you need Jesus. You need to surrender to him. You need to have relationship with him. If you're watching online, there's a link you'll be able to click after you respond today. But for those of you who are in the room, in person with us here, I wanna ask you just in this moment not to look around. I'm not gonna call anybody to the front. I'm not gonna do anything to embarrass you or single you out, but I would like to know that you're here. And you say, hey, Michael, I need Jesus. I need to surrender my life to him today. I've been doing life without him. And it's time for that to change. If that's you, would you just wave a hand at me real quick? Just let, tell me that you're in the room. Anybody? Just up and back down, I see it. I see it, anybody else? Anyone else, Just you can just wave it at me real quick. This is it, I see it, anybody else? Just gonna wait another second. Anybody else? I need Jesus. I see it, anybody else? Good job. Thank you for doing that, that's brave. And now I wanna invite you into the family of God by saying out loud with your voice, 
Bible says, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's kind of the, the litmus test of salvation. And so I wanna invite you to pray a prayer with me this morning. I'm gonna give you the words. You just make it from your own heart to Jesus. In fact, church family, why don't we all say it as we welcome people into the family of God this morning. Why don't, why don't we all just repeat this prayer? Just say, dear Jesus, I've been living life without you. Today, that changes. I'm surrendering. I wanna know you. Please save me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Take over. I believe you died on the cross. You paid the penalty for all of my sin, for all of my mistakes. And three days later, you rose. You're not dead anymore. You're alive. And you conquered the power of sin over my life. So from this day on, I am yours, I am clean, and I am free. Thank you for saving me. Thank you that heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we thank Jesus for, for those who, yeah. Okay, bow your heads one more time. Again, not, not gonna make you come to the front or anything, but you'd say, hey, Michael, I'm in a storm. Kind of even been wondering if Jesus is sleeping on me. And I need him. I need him. You just wave your hand at me. Just lift it up real quick. Yep, yep, yep. Man, a whole bunch of us. Listen to me, he knows. He knows every disappointment. He knows every crisis, he knows every tragedy. He understands what you're feeling. He's not offended by your doubt. He knows. And he uniquely designed this moment on this day just to help you get anchored again. To give you his presence, to remind you of his promise. And to help you make a decision about your character. What are you gonna put your hope and your faith in while the storms of life are swirling around you? So, Heavenly Father, we come before you Every hand that was just lifted has a story that goes with it, and you know the story. You're not surprised, you're not shocked. In fact, you've been right there all along. And so I pray for all of these, God, no matter what it is, miracles that we're waiting on, heartbreak that we're living with, impatience, frustration. You know what it is, God. You know what the storm is. And we choose today, God, to bring ourselves and our problems 
and our fears and our worries and our storms, we, we choose to bring those into your presence because there's peace there. And so I pray for peace. God, I pray for each and every one who lifted a hand to be reminded of who you are and your promises. And God, I, I pray that today faith would rise up, that in the midst of the storm, our character would not falter. That we would come through the other side celebrating and saying, who is this man? That even the storms in my life have to obey. Faith renewed, hope restored today in Jesus' name.